Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's Word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. How are you today? Good. You have such an amazing worship team, by the way. This is great. So you're blessed, church. You have one of the best pastors. Pastor Steve, for me, was a great example of faithful leadership in what he's doing in our uh, Palm Beach Association of the churches. So you have a great leader. Um, uh, I'm happy to know him and we are are friends. And uh, uh, it's great to be here this morning in this beautiful church. And uh, uh, my name is Daniel and I'm a pastor of International Bible Church in Boca Raton. This is a pretty new church. It was planted about two years ago. And uh, mostly we reach those people who are from Ukraine, from Russia, for those whose native language is Russian. Uh, it also includes some Jewish people whose native uh, language is Russian language. So we are doing all the best to serve this community. You know, friends, we live in a special time now. I think you agree. Some people call it end times uh, or uh, something that start to remind us about uh, the book of Revelation. Uh, and uh, that's, in fact, we live uh, in, uh, during the largest military conflict since the World War II. And it affects us in every way. If you want it, you know, maybe we don't want it, but it still affects us. Some people affect it indirectly and some people directly, as me and myself, uh, myself and my wife, my family, uh, and in our church, most of those who attend our church over there, they are from those countries who are now in this, in this conflict. And uh, I remember when we first met in, uh, in February after this uh, conflict began, uh, everyone was crying. It was even hard to look at this uh, situation because people were distressed. They have their brothers, sisters, relatives o- over there. And... Uh, we just uh, realized that a new, new times arrive to our world. It's not just for us, but, you know, for, for, the, for the whole, um, for, for all counties. And uh, we, as, uh, as, as the church, as Christians, do all we can now to respond to this crisis, serving uh, refugees who come into our area. We are uh, trying to help those who reach us from Ukraine, who are stuck on the border, uh, trying to help them over there. So we, I believe that we, as Christians, should respond practically to this crisis as much as we can. Uh, today, I would like to share a few words about myself, a little bit about my background, and how I see this whole situation since I'm in the middle of it. Uh, I was born in a large pastor's family. I'm blessed with that. And uh, uh, my grandparents, uh, they're from Ukraine. Uh, my grandfather was a Baptist preacher in an underground church. Uh, Why underground? Because all churches at that time were illegal. Uh, I think you probably, you you, you know about that. Uh, And uh, my father was uh, ordained when he was uh, 21 years old, and all his time he was in ministry with with my mother. My wife is from Kharkiv, Ukraine, and uh, her father is also a minister. And (laughs) so we, from similar backgrounds, probably that's why we are together and now doing this ministry as a family. 
Um, my family went through all different kinds of discrimination and persecution, as many families of, of that time. And uh, when I was growing up, I, I remember how our home was always under some, you know, attacks with windows broken and, and uh, some possessions stolen. It was not something unusual. And uh, we as Christian kids, me and my siblings, were the only uh, Christian kids for the whole 1500 uh, student public school. So we were all, always under special attention, like different kids. And uh, we just used to that. I remember all this, sometimes bullying and attacks and all this kind of stuff. And um, um, I remember when um, um, people were asking, like, who you are, guys? What's wrong with you? Why you are different? We just, we just answered, we, we are Christians. Uh, now it's just, you know, <laughs> Many, many kids, many people there, uh, like, they, they are the same. They, they have uh, same views, and uh, they are from beautiful Christian families. But at that time, it was something really unusual. Uh, when my father was 18 years old, he was drafted to military service, as most of the young people of his age. Uh, but he refused, actually, to fight for Soviet Union, to take weapon, because he, decided, he thought that it's actually a sin to do that. Uh, and the government could basically do two things with such young people. Uh, they could send you to prison for, for this, or they could send you to a clinic for mentally sick people. And what they would do with such uh, uh, young men over there, they would actually give you a, a shot, some injection that would harm your brain permanently, forever. And when the doctor came to my father and asked him, what's, what's wrong with you? Why you ended up here? He told, I'm Christian, and I don't want to go to the army. Um, so, and, and he told, okay, I will not give you this shot, but instead I will just put the record in your papers that you are a mentally sick person. So he did that. And with such record, um, it was practically impossible to get any higher education, any better job, because, you know, it's like in your biography, it's, it's, it's hard to do anything. Uh, but my father was uh, ordained, um, and he was a pastor through all his life, and I think this is much better thing, right, than any, any job or anything else, especially at that, at that time. Um, and I could share a number of such things um, from my life, like... Um, the daughter of my grandmother was taken from her family just because she was Christian. Uh, and many things were happening at that time. Why, why I, I mention uh, these things? Because it's coming back. It's restoring. It, that, that's why we, we kind of come back to these realities and uh, to these uh, memories. And uh, it's interesting that now as we see uh, on uh, what's going on, we understand that uh, it's aligned with what we read in the Bible. So, because the Bible, the Word of God says in advance that we will have to go some, to some difficult times and tribulations. In 2013, I came, uh, it's about nine years ago, uh, we came here to the United States, to West Palm Beach, uh, and I came as a PBA student, you know, this great school. And I remember when I was still in, in Moscow and submitted all my paperwork uh, as a student, international student, 
I received a notice that I had to go through uh, an interview, admissions interview. So a person should call from PBA to me and talk uh, about my uh, application. So I was waiting, praying, and uh, a lady called me. Uh, she was extremely polite and uh, kind and supportive. And she asked me a number of questions. And in the end, she asked me, can I pray for you? And I said, absolutely. And when she was praying, I was thinking, this is a great school. If admissions office is praying for you, administration is praying for you, I really want to be a student of that school. Uh, and uh, I received a letter that I am admitted uh, to Masters of Divinity program. Uh, and uh, uh, later, I knew that this lady, whose name was Julie Thomas, was actually Pastor Steve's wife. <laughs> so probably she influenced on this decision why actually I was accepted. And now I'm here preaching God's Word in their church. God is doing some good things, and He had this in His plans. And now we are serving, we are church planters, we serve the community. So God had everything already planned for us, even when we didn't know about all the things. So for five years, I was uh, studying at PBA, some other schools, and was serving in some local churches, uh, in West Palm Beach, in Royal Palm Beach, with Pastor, Pastor Dale. Uh, and in 2020, when I was done with all my studies, I was sent by North American Mission Board to Boca Raton to plant a church for those people who are come from Ukraine, Russia, and from these countries. Um, you all remember the beginning of 2020, right? Quarantine, everything is locked, closed, and they told us, hey, go and actually open a church, right, <laughs> in the middle of that, of this thing. Um, well, we, we decided that since it's God's plan for us, we have to go. We should do and start doing something. So we started from Facebook Live, YouTube, all these things. We created some videos, and it was pretty simple. I was preaching, my wife was singing, and our kids were like, creating something for kids, <laughs> so it was pretty simple at that time. Uh, and uh, in 2020, in September, we met for the first time as a, as a church for Sunday service, and since that time, we meet every Sunday and every Friday for our, our Bible study. Um, and now our ministry in Boca Raton is primarily focusing on, uh, on those never-churched people who live in, in the area, uh, and especially now, during the last uh, two and a half months, our work, my, my work is, was triple because people call me every single day. They text me, they message me because we are the church and they, they reach out to us for help, for assistance uh, from those who live in Ukraine, those who come here. So we, we try to respond to that as much as we, as we can. Um, my siblings, they're still in Russia. Some of my relatives, they're still in Ukraine. So it's it's something really personal for every one of us. When we hear about, you know, the conflict somewhere in Iraq, in Afghanistan, we understand this is really bad, right? What's going on over there? But it doesn't affect us personally. This thing affects us in the most, the most direct way. That's why we um, just praying, we trust in God, all the situation, we trying to help those people who are there. And we do everything that we can as a church to bring peace, to bring the love of God to those families who, who go through this, um, through this um, stress. 
And uh, when the war began, we had families in our church who didn't sleep for several nights, no sleep at all, just because you could imagine the level of their stress because their relatives, their mothers, their brothers, you know, they, they live right, right there. And uh, it's, it's really affecting us, um, us personally. And uh, um, um, now uh, in South Florida, we have about 400,000 of people whose native language is Russian. Uh, and it's statistics of about five years ago when we made the research. And now this number is growing because the refugees are coming. And uh, they need for such church as, as, uh, as, uh, as um, our church. It's really big because it's just a huge potential for missionary work that is really needed here. And you know, those people who come from these countries, they have, no, most of them, like 99%, they have no Christian background. So they have no idea what Bible is. Some of them believe they're Orthodox Christians, but uh, at the same time, they may say we are Orthodox Christians, but we don't believe that God exists, actually. <laughs> All these kind of things. So, so they, they have this false uh, sense of peace that they are Christians, but they are not. And uh, it really takes energy and, and work to talk to them, to lead them to Christ. They just don't have any, any other hope but, in, but the Lord. You know, sometimes it's really hard to separate the politics and uh, what's going on around us from our families and our church lives because it, it affects us. Um, it's all interconnected. What's going on in one part of the world affects everyone else. So I'd like to share a few words on how I see this situation, how it developed during the last uh, uh, probably 10 years. When the uh, Soviet Union collapsed, West and, and the world thought that it's over, it's done, it's collapsed, right? That's why we, we say that, uh, um, that um, it's, it's, it's over. But it wasn't. The beast of this, this communism was wounded, but not, not killed. And now it's back. And I would say in its worst form and shape. And I've seen that during the 10, last 10 years, the government in Russia, they started to actually attack Christians and churches. They started to revoke those freedoms that churches had. Uh, they uh, made the law that made illegal sharing the gospel on the street. So you, you technically can't invite a person whom you don't know to your church. It's illegal. Maybe you, 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 people still do these things, but if you are caught, then you would be uh, punished for that. And uh, they kicked out all the opposition leaders from the country or put them in prison. They silenced all opposition media. For me, it was really obvious that the government is now doing all they can to restore the previous order. And I, I was sharing with, with other people, with my wife, uh, like several years ago, that the things that now happening between Russia and Ukraine, they would happen. For me, it was obvious that at some point it would happen based on what government was doing at that time. And uh, people, you know, they're asking me, uh, really, like all Russians for, for this war? I'm saying no, but many of them are, unfortunately. Because they, when every, all opposition media is silenced, when the church is taken out from, the, from social life, 
then you can brainwash people in some unimaginable ways. And this is what government actually is doing. We all know about uh, computer hackers, right? So sometimes you hear it on news, and some, you know, uh, it happens in banks, some, some other places. And this is, happens sometimes with human minds. If they're, they're put, located in some you know, environment with special programs, TV, um, propaganda, all the lies, you can hack their minds. This is what the government is doing, actually. And those who are not Christians, those who, those who didn't accept Jesus in their heart, they are vulnerable to these attacks, to these lies. Because, friends, we, are, we all are created to be believers. We all believers. And the question here is who you, whom you would believe, to God, to the truth, to the gospel, or to the lie? And those people who reject God's truth, those who reject gospel, those who re reject Jesus, they will accept lie, they will accept propaganda, they will blindly, absolutely blindly and fanatically believe some false things in their lives. And um, Apostle Paul, he says about that in Romans 1.28. This is a great uh, passage that shows us um, what actually is going on. It helps us to see all this political reality through the biblical lens. Romans 1.28, Paul says, And because they did not think it worthwhile... To acknowledge God, God delivered them over to a worthless mind to do what is morally wrong. It helps us to understand what, what's going on. Uh, in Greek, worthless, a document, literally means counterfeit and false. So a person who does not believe Jesus, who decided not to trust him his life, he is, as we say, delivered to a worthless or counterfeit or fake mind. And he has this wrong, corrupted perception of reality. I believe this is what happens not only in, you know, some particular country like North Korea or Russia, you know, but sometimes it happens in, in, in such countries as this one. When, when the government, when people support some laws, for example, like abortion laws or some same-sex marriage laws, I understand that this is exactly what we read here. This is the result of the war, wrong thinking and damaged perception of reality. In Psalm 14.1, David says, Simple words. The fool says in his heart, God does not exist. So he says that it's foolish. It's just incorrect. It's wrong to think that God does not exist. And if a person or a country or a nation believes that, they are given, they deliver to a worthless or fake mind. And then the action. Because you understand that all our actions, everything that we do, is the result of our thinking, right? We think first, and then, then we do actually things. 
And what we see here in Psalm 14, 1, next, next line, they are corrupt. They do vile deeds. There is no one who does good. This is the result of such thinking. This is the result of such view that there is no God. I can do anything I can. I can violate his rules. I can reject Jesus. Well, okay, you say this today, tomorrow you will do all these bad, sinful, crazy things that will destroy you, your life, and the people around you. So I believe for Russia, it was a great time for about 20 years when they heard the gospel, when churches were preaching, churches were planted. I was part of these things in Ukraine uh, and some other countries. And since many people, they just rejected, rejected. Now, what's going on? It's a wrong thinking. Now they believed, unfortunately, all these lies, all this propaganda, everything that, that other, other people say. And we live in such a world where we all depend from each other. We, we can't just, you know, see the, uh, all this news on TV and, and, and believe that we are here in South Florida. It's all different world. It's, it's just a great place. We can enjoy these things. But when you go to a, a gas station, you will see that actually everything is connected, right? You notice it, right? All the gas prices, all inflation, everything that's going around us. It just proves that we all depend from each other. We all are in this story. And I remember that um, when I heard for the first time this news, I just realized that the world actually is different now. The whole world, not just that country. We, we all now in different situations. And we do, as a church, all we can to, um, to respond to that crisis. And we understand that only God knows what is going to happen next. We don't know because we hear some threats. We, have, we, we hear some um, really tough political statements from both sides. Um, all we can do is to trust the Lord and make sure that our lives are in God's hands. And we believe every day believe that Jesus. This is all we can do. And we shouldn't live in fear. We shouldn't just be afraid of that. If you live with Jesus, if you walk with him, there's no way for us and no reason for us to be anxious. But trust in him every day. And brothers and sisters, if we read the Bible, we see that tribulations and trials, they're just inevitable part of our walk with God our Christian lives. Why? Because we live in such a world, I think you would agree, where the most people, they choose not to obey God. It sounds tragic. It's so sad that most of the people, they decide not to obey God and not to follow Jesus. And here we go. We see the consequence. But the question here is, are we going to go through these circumstances with the Lord and He's with us? Or we will go alone? David says in Psalm 23, verse 4, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, and your road and your staff, they comfort me. This is our biggest hope and 
understanding that God is with us, even now, even when in the future, when we will go through maybe even more difficult situations, God is with us. And Jesus taught his disciples about that in John 16, 33. He warned them. He, he told, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. You will have suffering, but I will be with you. This is the message that we see in these words. And Apostle Paul, when he was planting churches, when he was making disciples of Jesus, he also warned them, he talked about these things in advance. When Paul was serving in Athens, he sent Timothy to a um, new church in Thessalonica to see how they were doing because Paul knew that this church was going through tribulations, through persecutions, through trials, and he sent Timothy to, to see if, um, if everything is good with them. He just didn't want that all the circumstances would shake their faith. And that's why in 1 Thessalonians 3, verses 4 or 5, he says, In fact, when we were with you, we told you in advance that we were going to experience affliction. And as you know, it happened. For this reason, when I could no longer stand it, I also sent him, Timothy, to find out about your faith, fearing that the tempter had tempted you and that our labor might be for nothing. He told them in advance that these afflictions, these circumstances, are just a part of our walk with God. And only he knows why sometimes we have to go through this. We sometimes have no answers. When we see all the brutal pictures on TV, when I see the um, uh, Kharkov, the city where my wife grew up in, in Ukraine, uh, demolished. The church buildings demolished. Sometimes we, we just don't have answers. We, we don't know why God allowed these things. But in scriptures we see that as a church, as people of God, we have to go through difficult situations. And there is a reason for, what, for that. God allows these things to happen for, for the reason that he only knows. And Apostle Paul, his ministry, when we read the book of Acts and his uh, epistles, we see that there is a reason why would God allow him to suffer. We all remember how Apostle Paul was beaten to death, he was imprisoned. He was uh, uh, betrayed. Uh, we remember all the shipwrecks and uh, his staff pastoral ministry. Looking at his example, we understand that Christians have to go through some difficult things. But there is a reason. God wants us to grow, to mature in our faith, in our walk with God. And that's why in the, in the end of the chapter... Paul says, verses 12 and 13, he says to these young followers of Christ in Thessalonica that um, why they would go through these circumstances. He says, and may the Lord cause you to increase and overflow with love for one another and for everyone, just as we do for you. May he make your hearts blameless in holiness, before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his 
saints. God wants us to grow. He wants us to mature spiritually. And uh, he doesn't say here that you also should grow in your hatred towards each other. No, he says that their hearts shouldn't be hardened and lean toward the world. When we hear all the news and uh, everything that is going on on, on, on TV, uh, we hear all the time all this language of division, of hate. You know, we divide like East and West. Uh, these are bad. These are good people. Uh, Republicans, Democrats, you know, we all put all these barriers between, between people. We put all these labels and you try to understand who are the bad guys, who are the good guys. Why it all happens? Because we all depart from the love of God. And when we return to Him back as Christians, when we we understand His love to us, all these barriers, all these labels that we put on each other, they just gone. We understand that regardless of our citizenship, our nationality, gender, age, income, anything, we are one people of God, one nation chosen by the Lord for Himself and for His glory. And, and we just forget about all other things, like where are you from, what, what, you know, all these things, your nationality, all, all this stuff. We understand that now we all are united by love of God. And we are just above all of these things. So when we depart from the love of God, we create all these barriers and, and, and divide on multiple groups. When we return to God, we again feel this unity and love that changes everything. Martin Luther King once said, that um, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And brothers and sisters, now at this time, this world needs the love of God as never before. And we are those people who would show them this love. And friends, regardless of what we see on the news and what we hear, we should stay positive because God is still in control. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Nothing is changed with our God. He wasn't fired. He didn't leave. He didn't lose control. He's the same mighty and powerful God who saved us and whom we can trust our lives. But he has a little bit different plans probably for our lives. We want comfort. We want, you know, more Peace probably in our circumstances. We want to make sure everything is fine, is good, but God wants us to grow spiritually. He wants us to be blameless. And that's why in verse 13, Paul says to this church in Thessalonica, so that they would become blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. This is his goal. We just need to understand what he wants from us while we are going through some difficulties in our lives. The Lord is near. And we understand that probably we live in some end times. And we should be ready for that. But the main thing that we have to make sure that we live with the Lord. We have this relationship, personal relationship with Jesus. We are part of His family. And we are under His care and protection. So brothers and sisters, I just I want to invite... Also, everyone uh, today who didn't make this first step towards Jesus, who didn't accept Him 
as a personal savior. We can't come to the Lord based on our own achievements, our merits, and being confident in ourselves. We all are sinners, everyone. So if, if today you embrace Christ, you repent in your sins, you will be forgiven, and you will be invited to God's perfect presence. And now when all the foundations of this world are shaking and the world is changing, there, there is just no better and safer place than in God's perfect presence. Friends, let's pray. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make him known. We cry out, we cry out.